Ashley Brock reading Diana Palmer's book, The Winter Soldier, Chapter 6. Lisa settled in at the ranch, much to the interest of sized cowboys, who walked around with stunned expressions every time they saw her. Most people around Jacobsville had the same attitude because of size remoteness. Of course, he had dropped the charges against Belinda Craig's rebellious young charge at her summer youth camp when they, when the lad had been caught trespassing on his property. Then he'd taken Candy Marshall, that nice young woman from the local Cattlemen's Association, out to the bar to look for Guy Fenton when he'd been drunk for the last time before he fell in love with Candy and married her. But other than those two incidences, he kept to himself and had little if anything to do with women. Now here was Lisa Monroe, a young widow, alone and pregnant, living with him. It was delicious gossip. As Sai had predicted, the man who was arrested for breaking into Lisa's house had skipped bond and left the country. That didn't let her out of the woods, though he assured her Lopez wouldn't stop until he accomplished whatever goal he set. Since it was common knowledge that Lisa was staying with Sai, the drug lord wouldn't have far to look to find her. Also, as Sai had predicted, an anonymous tip led sheriff's deputies to the honey warehouse behind Sai's ranch. The flats of yards and the beehives Harley had watched them unload were searched and searched again by deputies, DEA agents, and drug-sniffing dogs. Predictably, they found nothing illegal and went away. It didn't take a genius to realize that it would be hard to get the law enforcement people out there again without vivid, concrete evidence of illegal operation. Gossip was that the owners of the new business had already threatened a multi-million dollar lawsuit against the various agencies for just setting foot on the property. Jacobsville was a small town in a small county, and its sheriff's department already had such a tiny budget that they had, hadn't had a raise in two years. The county commissioners went pale at the thought of even a small lawsuit. Like it or not, the sheriff was constrained by politics and capital. There was one encouraging new development. Rodrigo, the Mexican national who had successfully infiltrated Lopez's distribution network, managed to get a brief message to Epscott saying that a huge shipment of cocaine paste was scheduled to be shipped into the country soon through Mexico. He had few details as yet, but would keep his eyes and ears open and report anything pertaining to the shipment as soon as he heard it. Lisa overheard side talking with Ebb on a shortwave radio, an odd way to communicate, she thought, when the telephone was right beside him. When he gave his call sign and cut the unit off, she asked him about it. This, he indicated the set, as a scrambler, is high-tech, not a conventionally shortwave device. She shook her head as she studied the array of electronical gadgets in the study where Sai did his bookwork. I've never seen so many strange-looking things. Didn't Walt have equipment like this? He asked Curious. If he did, he kept it someplace else, she sighed, thinking of Walt's horrible end and their very brief marriage. Absolutely, her hand went to her belly. You were walking the floor last night, he commented. Why? She shifted. I had some more cramps, she murmured, but she wasn't too concerned. When she called the doctor, she was told it wasn't so unusual to have twinges now and again. He scowled, watching. This isn't the first time you've had cramping. You need to call a doctor. I did, day before yesterday, she reminded him. He said it's a fairly common complaint in early pregnancy, and as long as there's no bleeding, there's no reason to worry. Actually, I feel better than I have for weeks. <laughs> so I managed not to say that she looked delicate. Delectable, but she did. Delectable, but she did. Her long, soft hair was loose around her shoulders, and even with glasses on, she was pretty. He liked the little tip tilted nose and the full, soft bow of the mouth. He liked the way she watched him, like a curious little bird, when he worked around the ranch. 
He especially liked the way she looked and cut off jeans that showed the curves of her legs up to the thighs and the way her knit blouse outlined her firm, small breasts. He remembered the fever in his arms, the softness of her young mouth, and his whole body clenched. She didn't know, couldn't know, what an ordeal was for him to be in the same house with her and never touch her, but he didn't want her to feel threatened. She was at risk, and she had no place else to go. She lifted both eyebrows when she saw that the dark scowl over his green eyes were getting more ominous by the minute. What's wrong? she asked. Don't go out in the yard like that, he said abruptly. She looked down at herself and then back at him, puzzled. I beg your pardon? You heard me. He stood up, towering over her. That was a mistake, because now he could see the upper curves of her breasts that her knit blouse left visible. I don't want my men leering at you, especially Harley, he thought angrily. Her eyes kindled with humor. You're leering at me right now, she pointed out, grinning because he obviously found her attractive. Her knees suddenly felt wobbly. I'm not leering, I'm noticing, but I've got some young men with bucking hormones, and to them, a woman in a steel drum would be probably, and a steel drum would probably look sexy, wear jeans and a blouse that buttons to your throat. Fucking hormones, serious, that's a new one. You're that naive, he grumbled. You were married. You can tell when a man wants you. Not really, she wanted to tell him. Walt had only slept with her twice and apparently had to force himself both times. He wasn't really attracted to her physically, and this feeling had been mutual. It wasn't that way with Sai. She looked at him and her knees went weak. I'm not wearing a steel drum around the place to do housework. She informed him, hormones or no hormones. Heavens, I'm pregnant. Who's going to make a pass at a pregnant woman? Any man under 80 who sees you dressed like that, Sai said flatly, up to and including me. Her heart jumped into her throat as her eyes lifted to his and were captured. She felt the breath rush past her parted lips as the look intensified, intensified making her feel odd in the strangest places, even more strongly than the night at the opera. She remembered the taste of his mouth on hers, and no matter how disloyal it might have been to her late husband, she wanted it again. Would you really? She asked. He looked uncomfortable. We were talking about how you're dressed. When you go outside, around the men, don't wear shorts and low-cut blouses. Are you telling me that men, grown men can't control themselves and I have to go around in a cold old so coat all summer to keep from distracting them? Disturbing them? She wanted to know. That's not fair. Oh, well, of course it's not fair, but men are going to look when there's something to see. All the legislation in the world won't kill basic human instinct, and that one is hundreds of thousands of years old. Her eyes dropped to his hard mouth. She remembered, not for the first time, how delicious it felt when he kissed her. Then she felt guilty for even the thought. She was forgetting Walt, something that Sai hadn't. He hadn't touched her again since she moved in. He was respecting her husband's death. She was sorry about Walt, but when she got close to Sai, her emotions were all over the place. Harley seems to spend a lot of time in the house lately, he remarked unexpectedly. He gathers the eggs for me, she replied, fighting down to the excitement she felt as his green gaze slid over her once again. Ever since you found that chicken snake in the hen house, I've been nervous about putting my hand in the nest. We moved the chicken snake into the barn, he reminded her. Well, it isn't in handcuffs or anything now, is it? she demanded. It can go wherever it wants to, and I've noticed that snakes seem to feel violently attractions to anyone who's scared of them. 
in that case, I don't suppose even the house is safe. She immediately started looking around her feet, and he burst out laughing. Never mind. He said, oh, I guess Harley's better than a snake at that. I know he isn't what he pretends to be, she replied with a smile, but he's nice. Besides, she added with a calculating look that he missed, isn't he helping to keep an eye on those people who sent up the honey warehouse next door to you? He didn't like that, not one bit. Ed had agreed to let Harley spy on the drug dealers if he kept his mouth shut. Quite ob obviously, he'd been bragging about his exploits, Lisa. Did he tell you that? He asked quietly. She didn't quite trust the look in his eyes. She didn't want to get Harley in trouble. On the other hand, she didn't like selling lights. He mentioned that he was watching them to make sure the bees didn't threaten your purebred cradle, she said, which was the truth, or at least what Harley had told her. I see. He relaxed visibly, and she knew she'd said the right thing. She wondered why he was so concerned about bees when plenty of people around Jacobsville kept them. Maybe he had a hidden fear of flying insects. Size green eyes narrowed. Harley was young, in his late 20s, and despite his bravado and peak physical condition, Cy was 35 and scored inside and out. Perhaps Lisa couldn't help liking the young man, and he had been kind to her. If you'd rather ask someone else to fetch the eggs, I can. She began trying to find a way to erase the dark scowl on his lean face. Of course not, he said at once. Why should I mind? He left her wondering about that, and she went back to what she'd been doing. Two days later, Cy came into the kitchen and found Harley holding Lisa's hand in the living room. Both of them turned and jerked at his sudden appearance. Harley's high cheekbones colored as Cy's green eyes glittered at him like a poisonous snake, uncoiling. Hi, boss, he said with forced enthusiasm. I was uh, just showing Lisa, Miss, Mrs. Monroe, how to break a hold. Yes, he was, Lisa said quickly. She had on those same tight jeans and a yellow sweater with a V-neck that was much too low when she bent over. Size unsmiling trinity made her feel as if she'd just committed adultery. She put on the outfit deliberately, not for Harley, but for Sai. He hadn't been near her until now. Harley had. <laughs> I'd better get back to the garage now, I guess. Harley said, still flushed. He was wearing a white t-shirt and jeans with a red rag sticking out of his back pocket. Um, overhaul on the cattle truck bus. Good. Haven't you better go do it? Cy asked with a bite in his voice that he seldom used these days. He looked dangerous. Something Harley noted with surprise. Sure thing. Harley went through the kitchen and out the back door without another word. He really was showing me how to get out of a hold, she told Cy with her hands on her hips. Cy moved toward her, too jealous to think properly. Was he now? And you learned the lesson? Show me. Let's see you get out of this hold. He had her around the waist and flush against every line of his lean, powerful body before she could speak. She opened her mouth to protest, and his lips claimed hers, hungry and rough and demanding. She wanted to fight. She really did. But the closeness of him, the warmth, the strength of him drained her of every semblance of protest. With a tiny little cry, she slid her arms under his and pushed as close as she could get, answering that hard kiss with all the pent-up longing of the weeks since he touched her. She felt a shudder go through him, even as her own body rippled with passion. He said something against her mouth that she didn't hear didn't understand. Her mouth pushed up against his, answering the devouring fierceness of his hard lips. It wasn't a practice sensuous kiss at all. It was a flash fire need, hunger, desire, out of control, 
It gave her an odd feeling of pride that she could throw him off balance, and as much as it shamed her to admit it, even in the privacy of her mind, his jealousy of Harley made her even hungrier for him. His, his body began to swell, and old instincts jerked him out of her embrace. He stepped back, fighting the desire that taunted every muscle he had. The unexpected explosion left him shocked and uncertain. They were both breathing on suddenly, staring at each other more like combatants than lovers. I don't like hardly touching you, he said bluntly, bristling with possessive instincts he hadn't known he had. I noticed, she sounded breathless. His green eyes slid down her body, back up again with desire and possession equally mixed. You're pregnant, she nodded. Somewhere deep in her mind, she wished it was size, baby. That was disloyal to Walt, and she should be ashamed. Her hand went protectively to her waistline. He muttered something under his breath and said, I shouldn't have touched you. He bit off. God knows I'm trying not to. Might manage it if you stopped. Tempted me with tight jeans and shirts cut down to the navel front. So that was why he kept his distance. She was pregnant, and he felt that he should be trying to take care of her, not make love to her. But he wanted her. She knew it in every cell of her body. It made her glow with now, with new delight. Let's hope. <laughs> he got his breath back and glared at her. Harley's fixing the truck. Make sure he stays out here. If you don't tell him, I will. And I won't be diplomatic. <laughs> she wasn't offended by the possessive note in his deep voice. She liked it. All right, Sigh. His eyes narrowed. Her compliance unexpected. Not the fire officer. Stay inside and keep the doors locked. Okay. Don't assume that you're safe just because Harley's in the garage. He had to talk. He isn't half as savvy as he thinks he is. And he, he's never dealt with men like Lopez. Okay. She repeated with a smile. He drew in a heavy breath. There's a loaded pistol in my middle, middle desk drawer, just in case. I'll remember. Her mouth was swollen from the pressure of his, and it gave him a feeling of pride to see her disheveled and flustered because of him. He didn't smile. It. Are you leaving? She asked breathlessly. Yes. He dragged his eyes away from her to check his watch. I've got to drive up to Kingsville to see a man about some new bulls. She knew where he was going the minute he mentioned the town, and her soft sigh was all too obvious. I went on tour of that ranch once with Dad. She said it made our little operation look like a milkmaid enterprise. They had some beautiful breeding stock. I like Santa Cruz's cattle. Said, no better place to buy them. And where the foundation herd originated. His eyes narrowed again as he stood. While I'm gone, don't go out of the house for any reason. Harley will have the house inside all the time, and I've got surveillance equipment linked to Eb Scott's place. If anything happens that Harley can't handle, Eb can be here in five minutes. You aren't afraid by yourself. By myself? She can sigh. Have you noticed there's 15 cowboys who work for you? Only six of them work here full time and none of them are around the ranch house for most of the day except early in the morning and late in the afternoon he told her harley's working on one of the cattle trucks which is the only reason that he'll be nearby if you need him push the intercom button and he'll come right up he indicated the button next to the wall phone in the dining room he hated having to tell her that he hated the idea of harley anywhere near and keep all the doors locked you're worried i've heard a few things yes i'm worried Humor me. She shrugged and smiled out of heaven. Okay, boss. His eyebrow lifted and he smiled. Oh, 
That sounds sweet. You draw pity, I know it's just lip service. You smile and nod your head when I tell you for your own good not to do something. And then you go right out and do it the minute my back's turned. It always worked with Dad. She mused. It's a waste of time to argue with some men, she added. He reached for his hat on the wall right. And some women, he counted. Watch yourself. You do the you do that too, she returned smart. You're not you're not on Lopez's good list either. He propped his hat on his head as the back door opened to admit Harley. He glanced at Lisa from the window of the bridegroom. Yes, but Lopez doesn't like to take unnecessarily chances, and he's already had one bad brush with the law. He began as Harley's footsteps began to audible, became audible behind him. He won't come here unless he gets pretty desperate. Because he knows I'm here, Mrs. Monroe. Harley interrupted him with an error repressible grin at his boss in the house. Nobody's going to lay a finger on you while I'm on the job. Of course. Lisa said it didn't dare look at Zach. I just came in to get us off drink. It's thirsty work. You uh, don't mind, boss? Yes, I will. I don't mind. Silent, but don't get careless. He told his young foreman it was more than usual. Caution. Lopez won't. Harley dismissed Lopez and his entire organization with a flick of his hand. All the same. He won't come around here. So I wanted to argue the point, but the younger man was in a concrete mindset and wouldn't listen to reason. He just had to hope that Harley wouldn't do something stupid. <laughs> I'll be with that. I'll be back late. Remember to keep the doors locked. He cautioned Lisa. He bet. He left rather reluctantly. Harley got himself a cold drink out of the refrigerator and paused at the back door. Lisa went to the kitchen counter and got out a bowl and a knife and some potatoes, began peeling them for potato salad. Wanted to make sure I I wanted to make sure I hadn't got you into trouble. Harley said she Mr. Parks was pretty hot when he came in. It's all right. She assured him with a smile. He's protective of me because of the baby, she added. Harley grimaced. I should have realized that he isn't a man who has much to do with women, you see. He shrugged. It had seemed like violent jealousy to Harley, but now Mr. Park's ill temper seemed justified. He wouldn't want anybody making passes at her when she was pregnant. Of course, he added silently as he looked at her. She did seem somewhat flustered, and her mouth was swollen. He wondered... Don't you want that soft drink and a glass with some ice? She asked. His serenity was making her nervous. <laughs> no, thanks. This is fine. Well, if you need me, just call Mrs. Monroe. I'll be trying to find that the oil leak in the, that engine. He looked as if he'd found several. She was judging from all the black stains on his once white sweatshirt. Never caused, never ceased to amaze her that Harley always found something white to put on when he was going to do dirty jobs. I know where the intercom button is, she assured him, but I don't think I'll need to use it. Never know. I'll lock the door as I go out. See you later. Sure. He locked the door and moved slowly toward the garage. Lisa watched him walk back to the garage with a slight frown between her eyes. So I was unusually worried about Lopez, and it made her uneasy. Surely the man wasn't going to risk having any more men picked up by the sheriff. After all, he'd lost two in the midnight raid on Lisa's house that had prompted Sai to bring her here to stay with him. On the other hand, she had to admit, if the man based his reputation on keeping his word, he couldn't afford not to make good on a threat. But she was fairly certain that Lopez was long gone. Otherwise, why would Sai have gone off in the first place? Reassured, she went to the kitchen, put Lopez forcefully out of her thoughts, and peeled the rest of the potatoes. Harley finished most of his repairs on the truck and came back into the house for another drink. 
liberally stained with grease and a noticeable cut on the back of one lean hand. It was bleeding. There was even a little grease in his crew cut sandy hair. Here, Lisa said at once, leading him into the kitchen. Wash that with antibacterial soap while I find a bandage. It's nothing much, Mrs. Monroe protested, but very weakly. She smiled to herself as she fetched a heap of bandages from the kitchen cabinet and began filling one apart to cover the deep scratch after it was clean. I wish you'd been with us in Africa. He said wearily, his blue eyes twinkling. Several of us got banged up out in the bush. In the bush? With the lions? He explained. He held out his right hand for her to put on the bandage. Didn't see any lines, remarked, but there were plenty of gorillas. Not the furry kind either. He sighed and smiled dreamily. That's the life, Mrs. Monroe. Fighting for principles and a king's ransom and loot. When I get another two or three training courses under my belt, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going back to Africa to make my fortune. Or get yourself shot, she observed. Not a chance. I'm too handy with closed quarter weapons. He looked as if he could strut sitting down as he said it. My instructor said he'd never seen anybody who was such a natural in martial arts. And I can throw a knife, too. It wouldn't do you much good if the other guy had a gun, would it? She asked innocently. It isn't so hard to disarm a man if you know how. He said confidently. They taught us a lot of tricks. I guarantee you there isn't a man alive who could threaten me with a gun. <laughs> I know my business. Lisa almost winced at the certainty in its tone. He was young, probably not much older than she was, and she couldn't help thinking that a little knowledge could be a dangerous thing. Thanks for patching me up, he told her with a grin. I found the leak. Now all I have to do is put all the parts back on the truck without having any left over. She laughed as she put away the bandages. I'd have bags full left over. She mused, I can cook and work horses and cattle, but I don't know a thing about engines. <laughs> My dad's a mechanic, he told her. He has his own garage. I grew up learning how to fix things. It comes in handy on a ranch this size, even though we have a full-time mechanic on the payroll. He shook his head. It must cost a fortune to run a place like this. I guess Mr. Parks inherited his. She went back to her potatoes, her head down as she asked. You don't think he might have worked for it? <laughs> Not many professions that pay that kind of money he has, from what I've heard. He said, besides, he's not exactly a risk taker. He doesn't do much of the heavy work around here, and he really favors that left arm from time to time. I guess it still hurts him sometimes. I guess. She didn't add that he might change his mind about Cy. If you ever saw him dressed in black and carrying an automatic weapon... Thanks for the first aid, he told her as he retrieved another soft drink from the refrigerator and closed it. Better get back to work. He went out and the door locked behind him. Lisa forced herself not to think about that hungry kiss she and Cy shared in the living room, or if Cy was going to draw back into his shell again. He was a complex and attractive man, but she seemed to be off limits. Pity. They had so much in common. End of chapter 6.